0: 3CR 855 AM digital 3 au and on demand out of the pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Out of the pan and 3CR proudly broadcast from the lands of the original inhabitants and we pay respects to elders past and present and also acknowledge our LGBTIQ original inhabitants including sister girls and brother boys for their special contributions to diversity and intersectionality on and around the lands. And welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Good to be with you on a Sunday afternoon and opened up today with hunters and collectors still hanging around well, I I played that one because it was, in my opinion, as I think some people say nowadays, the best celebrate bisexuality day ever, and I didn't really want to go home, so, but, of course, things move on, but we'll glow in the, um, the sort of afterglow for, um, some time, I think, on that one, I'll have a wrap-up in due course on, um, what is happening, but, um, out of the pan, you can get in touch with the show in lots of means of technology. You can email in at um, outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can text um, six one, uh, no, 61456751215, nearly went back to the old number. You could tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And the post has just gone up on um, Facebook on my page um, where you can post comments underneath there if that's how you want to do it. And I'm joined in the studio by a fantabulous guest, um, someone who's um, done lots of stuff in the rainbow communities and is now broadening the rainbow in a way. Um, (laughs) It is my pleasure to welcome to the 3CR studios, Ray Alfanto. Ray, welcome. Hi, everyone. Good to have you with us. And I um, need to clarify, um, which pronouns do you use, if any?
1: Um, She or they. She or they. Cool.
0: So we've got that sorted, um, which we need to do, of course, at all times. And you're here to tell us how to thrive. (laughs) Seriously, what is Thrive? How did it come about? Um, You know, sort of, um, it's an event that's coming up in November. What was it? Was there a sort of um, genesis, uh, um, you know, sort of a moment where you said, I've got to do this?
1: Um, Did you ever see that screensaver that I think it was in the 90s, the Microsoft one, and there was all these little shapes floating around the screen, and then all of a sudden, it's one big blob? (laughs) Ring the bell. I- yeah, yeah, the idea arrived just like that. I think it was seeded by lots of conversations that I'd had over the years, and different experiences, and is in a way my solution to my own problem of mm. going through these repeated cycles of burnout and fatigue, and not mm. having as much energy and resources to contribute to, you know, community work that I care really deeply about. And so yeah, I came I came up with this idea for Thrive, which is a concept, you know, a platform, but as you said, it's also an event, so it's a two-day symposium coming up on Cup weekend on the 4th and 5th of November at SiteWorks in Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And um I guess yeah, it's it's a, a lot of things. There'll be keynote speakers and networking sessions with some really amazing community orgs that are doing important work like Um, undercurrent and high alert and a few others coming on board Mm -hmm. Um, but the meat of it is the the workshop streams that I'm really excited about so when I was developing Thrive as a concept I asked myself what are some really universal blocks that people struggle with or some challenges they face in becoming more resourced and compassionate and resilient. Yeah. And so the workshop streams are each in response to what I think are really common areas of challenge. So they are communication skills, transformative mm-hmm. justice practices, body work, and working with grief and despair.
0: Lots of things that I think probably you know a few. I'll use the term broadly. Social justice mm. people would probably have to deal with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick one at random communication skills yeah. where you sometimes, you know, come from a very compassionate point of view. And sometimes there are people, let's say, um, I mean, I'm generalizing, pol- yeah. left brain policy types in the, <laughs> in the public sector who perhaps don't have that sense of humanity. So, um, you know, that could be an issue for communication skills.
1: Absolutely. And I just think we're not given a very extensive toolbox. No, you know, there's just so many processes and communication skills and strategies out there. So the idea in that stream is to just give people access to a really well-rounded program of different, um, you know, communication styles and skills, and then they can cherry pick from it. Yep. You know, for what suits them and meets their needs in different aspects of their life. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's a much it's a much-needed thing. I think also a
0: lot of our Education system is geared to the more, again, on stereotyping to some <laughs> extent, conventional bureaucrat and corporate type mm. of worlds, and doesn't really consider. I think the uniqueness of, we'll say, the whole community sector, including social justice.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess one of the underpinning, you know, ethos of Thrive is that there's real value in collective shared experience, mm. and so I think you know a lot of what will be valuable about the weekend will come from the people who participate and what they bring to the table and to each other. And I think it'll be a really amazing opportunity to network. I'm hoping to attract a really rich, diverse range of participants. I think that something that we do or I've done in response to feeling apathetic and burnt out is kind of retreat into my little bubble where I feel really safe. And that has value. I think it's really important that we have fallow time when we recharge but if we get stuck there, then mm. it's really hard to unstick and to go out into the world where we might feel a bit more challenged, you know, and yeah. and be the agents of change that we want to see.
0: Yeah, look, it, it certainly can be when you feel like you well, hit walls and I'm going mm. to say, um, sort of um glass ceilings as well can turn up as well. <laughs> yeah. And you know she says this neurodiverse bi and trans woman sitting over here who um sometimes feels like I cut my head to pieces rather than do the wonka vader and go through yeah. the roof. <laughs> um so you know this is I, I you know it's sort of when you you let me know about this my little um pea brain sort of did pr- prick up a fair bit I can tell you. Yeah um because this is this is something that's really really
1: needed yeah and it's my my cunning plan i guess to you know crack us all a bit open and give us some really practical experiential skills and opportunities so that we each feel more resourced and able to go and you know give in areas and causes and in ways that are meaningful for us. Because I think that if you can support people to become more in touch with their compassion and their resources, then you don't have to hassle them about the plebiscite or recycling or caring about refugees because they will be in a space where they can respond to those issues from, you know, from compassion instead of from overwhelm or fatigue or burnout.
0: Yeah, which is a much better place to be. And gosh, um, well... Yes, you mentioned, the, as I call it, the tree-wasting exercise yeah. that's going on at the moment. Um, yeah, that's causing a lot of burnout. And I, yeah. Quick digression. I've heard some mental health experts say this is the equivalent of a natural disaster. The PTSD yep. from this will be felt for years. So we sort of need to start doing this. It's a, it's a you know, whilst you've taken, you're wanting to take a sort of long-term approach, this is yep. the short-term as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, we'll come. I'll um, let's talk more with Ray. Um, get in touch with the program if you've got questions for Ray as to what it's about. But um, in the meantime, um, and hi to Melina, who's enjoying the interview. And we will talk about things going beyond Thrive in due course. Um, but um, well, I'm still, as I say, I'm having trouble letting go of um, celebrate Bisexuality Day. So <laughs> I picked out another song, which is about. Goodbyes, which is a cover of a 50s track. Um, and it is, believe it or not, by the Bay City Rollers from the 70s. Bye, bye, baby. 3CR, AM, digital 3
2: crorgau out of the pan with Sally and Ray. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to... Fill in the dots, you know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, fill in the... 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, We're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976, and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape, and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch, and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers, and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Uh, written, authorised and spoken... By by Neil Mitchell.
1: Is your job agency working for you? Are you being bullied by your job agency? Forced into work for the doll, struggling to survive on new start? Owen Bennett, president of the Australian Unemployed Workers Union, and Joe Toscano, convener of Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, will advise you of your rights at the Frankston Library, 60 Plain Street, Frankston, 1230 Thursday, the 28th of September. For inquiries, call Faye 0458 141 or Julie 0431 623 437, a 3CR
0: supporter. One that affects lots of people there, um, job agencies, but of course obviously some can be some specific issues for Trans and gender diverse people, um, but got to give credit, of course, to Sensewide and their Working It Out program, which helps many a queer person and gives great, to use the saying um, or phrase, individual-centred care um, and doesn't just say, we'll rewrite your resume and uh, make it work for you, which is, of course, the biggest waste of time to rewrite resumes. I'll second <laughs> that they're fabulous. I've worked with
1: ah. them. My professional have a and actually
0: they are very, very good. Um, I'm declaring an interest. They actually do support me as well um, okay. with um, lots of um, stuff. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk some more about Thrive on 3CR855AM Digital, 3CR.org.au, and on demand out of the pan with Sally and guest Ray Alfonso. Um, So you've done various, I know you've done various stuff in the community um, going way back. You put on a drag, a drag um, (laughs) sort of how to do drag makeup and costuming and stuff and then a show for young people and I've still got this bone to pick you with you. The 52-year-old says, when's our turn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you came on board, you know, I was new in Melbourne then, I didn't
0: know know much of anybody and you supported that project, that's got to be nearly 10 years ago. Is it that already? We're, we're, sure? <laughs> excuse us, listeners of all genders. Why well, we get a bit nostalgic, but it it is. Gosh, it is too. Um, but you know, you've been doing lots of stuff in the community. So I might start. I'll link in what Thrive's doing, and perhaps you can link in your own experiences. You know, um, as someone involved in, we'll say, community stuff to keep yeah. it nice and broad, and how you know, perhaps recall some of your own experiences in terms of community involvement and how you know, things of stress and maybe, you know, what would I have, what would I learn from that? You know, I don't believe in saying, well, what would I have done differently because everything happens because it happens. But, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, what what would you have done differently? That sort of – well, what do you know now that you could think, well, if the same thing happened again, I'd have a choice?
1: Yeah. That well, sort of stuff. <clears throat> definitely. I mean, I think something that really stands out for me when I think back to my sort of earlier days – of you know, when I was first step really stepping into activist spaces and starting to run projects and so on is that a lot of that time I spent leading with anger as my primary motivator mm. and no look smackdown where Smackdown is due, and I think anger can be really useful and is a very sane response to a lot of the insane circumstances we find ourselves in, but I attribute you know, a large chunk of the struggle I had with burnout and fatigue and overwhelm to the fact that I was kind of burning red hot all the time and mm. leading with anger and then that became quite unsustainable for me and it really impacted my physical health mm. because you're in that constant mm-hmm. on, adrenal fatigue, yeah. all of that stuff. Mm. And so... You know, over time, as a self preservation thing, let alone as, you know, and self exploration, personal growth thing, I had to really examine my relationship to anger and think about how I could change in order to become more sustainable. And that's definitely for me an undercurrent, a backstory to Thrive and how it came about. Because perhaps if I had had more support and more access to things like, more nuanced and complex communication skills and transformative justice practices to help me respond to harm and conflict in my community in ways that were constructive and productive and if I'd had someone to sit me down and be like you are not connected to your body you are not tuning into your personal resources you know you have you have no idea what you're actually physically feeling or needing in each of these moments because you're in this hyper clarified on adrenal anger space
0: Yeah, which is, you know, it's very draining. I mean, Mm. my best Dr. Phil voice, if you can harness your anger, that can be useful. But (laughs) if it's not quite really working effectively, then that's got to be difficult. And we've also heard the saying, of course, anger. But I think in lots of emotions turned inwards lead to depression. And Mm. there's also, you know, evidence that um, anger and and other emotions, if they fester too long, the body become cancer and tumors and all the Mm. rest. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Was there, I'm curious there then, was there a particular turning point, you know, a light bubble? Was it a gradual process where you realised I've got to do this in a more, we'll say functional rather than dysfunctional way?
1: I got really sick. I got Uh really physically sick. That's what did it in the Uh end. Yeah, I literally burnt myself out and got really sick.
0: Yeah, so, you, you know, the... There was, if we're looking at holistic mm. health, that sort of energy in your body and it was taking over. Yeah. yeah. And mind to and heart to probably do. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I went to see a really amazing uh, Chinese medicine practitioner mm. at that time who also practiced a number of different modalities. And for me, it manifested as severe digestive issues and feeling very, very sick oh. and not capable of taking sustenance from food. And she had me... Uh, like hold myself and treat my digestive system as though I were a baby even singing to myself and at the time I was like this is really weird and awkward and (laughs) but when I actually did that and started to physically tune into my body and she told me to whenever somebody asked something of me even if it was a cup of tea or, you know, to participate in a campaign or to help mediate a conflict. I had to do this series of breathing exercises and try and tune into whether or not I had the resources to provide that support Mm. at that time. And it was a bit, it was definitely a crux moment for me. Like all of a sudden this anger kind of dissipated and all of this vulnerability just came swooping in. You know, and I was like, but if I'm not an angry, powerful activist, like, what is my identity? You know, like, Mm. who am I? Like, how will I function? And so it was this huge process of becoming really vulnerable and having to embrace that from physical, you know, not having a choice. That's the space I was in. Yeah, got to that point. Mm. Wow. And then in that and then out again the other side with that information and how knowing what I know and having experienced that, can I... Approach social justice work in a way that is sustainable for me.
0: Yeah, and sort of just yeah, rebuild, restumping, I call it. She yeah. used the building <laughs> analogy. Yeah, yeah. And if I can ask, if I remember rightly, you are, a, I will say a parent or guardian as yes, well. Yes,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: how many minors do you have responsibility for?
1: Two, two. They're not. They're kind of taller than me now. Big miners, We used to yes. big minors. We used to call them cubs, but now I'm feel physically smaller i'm the cub yeah they're the wolves
0: <laughs> well you could you could go down to the lead and be a bear cub <laughs> Woof. hello yeah. to the people at the lead
1: <laughs> seriously shout yeah. out but yeah.
0: you do you do you know you you still I, I don't know how old they are but obviously at that point if we're talking a few years ago they would have been under 18 so mm, you've got a yep. you know, responsibility whether yourself or with other parents or guardians to them too
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so there's another level of responsibility.
1: And mm. mm. wanting to model for them as well. Yeah. Like healthy ways of dealing with anger and, and learning from really valuable, I hesitate to say mistakes. I think the whole thing was a really necessary process for me. Agree. I remember reading this really beautiful um, comic in gender outlaws like Kate Bornstein mm. and in it this this person is kind of railing and I don't make sense and then I was this and now I'm that and now I feel this but now I feel that and oh you know what's wrong with me? And then in the last frame they're ripping out of the comic and they say no, I am always in the process of becoming exactly who I am right this second. Yeah. And I read that around that time and this light bulb went on in my head. It's mm. like oh <laughs> This has always been, everything has led to this moment.
0: Agreed. And, you know, sort of um, my favourite book title, and it's a damn good book too, is Anthony Van Brown's book, um, A Life of Unlearning. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and um, Anthony is a um, someone who was a Pentecostal preacher in Hillsong, but was struggling with being gay mm. and eventually has reconciled the two. He's now trying to build bridges back into um, Hillsong, which... Well, that's a bigger job than, I don't know, doing the Westgate or something. (laughs) Um, But he seems to be doing it, which is quite remarkable. You'd have to have a lot of reframing, I reckon, to be able Mm. to do that because, you know, obviously some of the things that organisations like that can—I will be diplomatic and say can say at times can be quite icky from our point of rainbow view, and yet he's in there building bridges. So, you know, we do have to unlearn things and get back to our souls a bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think something in that speaks to something else that I'm really trying to capture with Thrive, which is this idea that we really need to release ourselves as individuals but also each other on a community level mm. from this tyranny of perfection. Yep, We're never going to be perfect um, in ourselves, perfect allies to each other. We're only ever going to have points of connection and finding and embracing those points of connection and building skills to deal with the areas where we differ or we have conflict or challenge is so essential for our community our broader communities to become healthy and strong and sustainable.
0: Wow I like that and look I I admit to You know, I have a tendency to be somewhat a bit perfectionist. Oh, we all
1: do. We all do. It's it's
0: a hard one. You want to strive to be your best, but you don't want to go too far. But Mm. and then sometimes part of me says, "Well, I'd rather be a perfectionist than a mediocritist." But (laughs) um, which mediocrity seems to be abounding in these times on many levels. But yeah, you've got to find the niche in the moment and that sort of thing. And. I always used to say, I was president, Vice President, Secretary and Treasurer of the Perfectionist Club of Victoria because you've (laughs) got to have all four roles to do it properly. (laughs) And you can't. You can't do everything which links to what you say. So, Mm. um, yeah, we've got to, um, you know, look at ourselves. And, of course, you know, we we do say networks, networks, but it is true. You can't know everything about everything and partnerships are critical. Mm. And, you know, so that's where, you know, there's another angle of this of Thrive that sounds very exciting. I mean, can you talk about some of the people who are pretty well, I know you haven't locked in the program mm. yet, but you've got people in the room before locking the door, so to speak. Yep. Have you got anyone who's pretty close to being locked in?
1: Yeah, I've got quite a few people. I just had a friend over this morning who's developed a modality called rage meditation. Mm-hmm. That's She's got a bit of a background in deep ecology and meditation training. And a bit of yoga, I think, as well, and has developed this practice of going into anger and in meditation as a meditation process and releasing it, embracing it, accepting it. Sounds really, really great. Um, that's in the bodywork stream. I've got someone else who's interested in doing improvised clowning, Ooh. a play shop. Um, there's breath work, there's yoga, and there's an art jam happening. There'll be a, um, hopefully a sound, like a sound jam room where people can bring instruments, but also a friend of mine is going to rig up this machine. I'm not even going to try and get into the tech specifics of it because it's no. not my realm, but it's something along the lines of it makes anybody sound good people singing in a group together or individuals singing and you can mix your voice as you're singing. I don't even know. It sounds like some kind of magic.
0: Oh, I have enough trouble turning my laptop on. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Um, in the communication skills stream, there's – let me think who's flagged for content at the moment. Um, some, yeah, conflict resolution skills. Someone else is doing a storytelling – Storytelling for Strategic Change, that's Lana Wolf, who's oh, really, yeah. excellent. Yeah, yes. yeah. So lots so, of good work in our community. Yeah, yes. yeah. So Lana's on board. Um, oh, someone, another person, Lorraine, who I've met recently, is doing a workshop on grounding techniques to use in conflict situations oh, okay. around communication. So actual grounding strategies and techniques you can introduce into conflict dialogue to help that move along and be more productive. Um, in the transformative justice stream, Undercurrent, obviously participating, I think they're going to do a workshop on community processes for responding to sexual assault and violence in community. Ooh. Mm, so that should be pretty meaty. And Nick Carson, who is I think one of the founding members of Undercurrent or was involved with them, um, they're going to do a workshop on responding to lateral violence in community
0: oh my goodness um and by heavens do we need that in the rainbow community but you know i'm i can't speak for other communities i don't identify with but i'm well aware Mm. that it happens yeah um so that's gosh i think i better start blocking my diary for the whole what is it two (laughs) days or three two
1: days yeah yeah fourth and fifth of november it's cup weekend
0: Cup weekend, so yeah. that's the Saturday and the Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Through to our listeners, you might have a pre-record that
1: weekend. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be um, in the grief and despair stream as well. There's going to be a sharing circle on experiences with death and dying, facilitated by someone who's been doing spiritual palliative care for about twenty years. Okay. Who I used to work with. Um, there's the first also going to be doesn't some. Doesn't begin with a J, does it? No.
0: Oh, okay. Just try to check. <laughs>
1: but if if that's a person, you should put them in touch with me. I'm still taking applications. I, I have. This yen to put together the perfectly synchronous content for the weekend. But there's lots of exciting but don't stuff. Don't be too perfectionist. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just say a little bit more about the grief and despair stream. Yes. So, there's also going to be some facilitated group work and ritual work based on deep ecology practices where we can come together and, as in, you know, in groups, look at and talk about some of the more challenging, difficult feelings that we have as being from being humans on the planet at this time, things like loneliness and isolation, frustration, burnout, overwhelm and grief, and share that because I think, you know, there's tremendous potent unifying power in sharing those experiences. They talk about, you know, what happens in in villages and cities after natural disasters strike. All of mm-hmm. a sudden the community is more resilient and really pulling together because all of the things that don't really matter, like you know, in terms of difference, just melt away because they have gone through this unifying experience. So I'm trying to create safe, held, experiential opportunities for people to have a taste of, you know, going into those feelings and not being frightened of them and being supported to engage with them in a way that will bring us closer together.
0: Wow. So 4th and 5th of November, we'll Mm. wrap up this part of um, the conversation. Um you know, sort of um at this point and at Siteworks in Brunswick, which yep. um I must I don't know about SiteWorks. Um
1: It's beautiful, it's an old school building, so lots of nooks and crannies and beautiful grounds. But yeah, people can head over oh, to the It's yeah. next to Black Dot. Um, yes, gallery. I do
0: remember now. Um, in fact, I have been there. with The Kunga was there last year for um, LGBTI Indigenous yeah, people. Yeah, um, lots of great. Near the stuff. corner of what is it, Glen Lyon and Sydney Roadish? Mm, yes, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I've got it. That's it. Yeah. My, my my goodness, the coffee's kicked in. The brain's working. This is really <laughs> good. So that's it's, it's a great venue. Um, yeah. It's in those immortal words of the baby bear's porridge, just right. Yeah, it is. And it's pretty central, of course. So yep. yeah, that sounds like a winner. Much better than going to horse races and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um,
1: So just come at me with um, ideas, interests, look on the Facebook page. There's also an email, thrivesymposium at gmail.com. And thanks so much for having me in to talk about this, Sally, and for your, you know, never-ending support with any and all of my crazy ideas over the years. (laughs) Well, yeah, look,
0: um, I want you to stay on because I want to talk to – well, you know, you can blend in the Thrive hat, but I want to talk to rail fans of so the whole person as yeah, well. absolutely. And also get an answer to Melinda's question about um, social justice in relation to the marriage equality campaign mm-hmm. um, and all that sort of thing. Um, so we'll have a bit of music. Um, and, well, it's I, sometimes pl- I do try to plan this show and sometimes it fits together because I've got a track um, from Graham Connors called The Road Less Traveled. 3CR 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon for its first broadcast um, as we are now definitely into springtime. Um, We're warming up and, well, we're warming up. Um, You know, I have been doing lots of personal stories over the last... um, um, month or so and combining them with perhaps specific things that people do last week a great response to our two people who do bodywork and massage um, who do amazing stuff but um, Ray you we've heard about your work with Thrive but let's now put sort of fill in the whole jigsaw puzzle so to speak mm-hmm. and um, you know in my sort of my best um, television announcer voice um, <laughs> tell us the Ray Alfonso story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh how long have you got which which bit?
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. We've only got 20, maximum 20 minutes yeah, left. Yeah. We probably have to be playing a track by about three or four minutes, too. <laughs> um, so, you know, just, um, yeah, try and, let's, we'll, yeah, throw a few bits in and we'll try and get a potted version and all that sort of thing. So let's just go for it. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, about me. Well, um,. I suppose what do I do I'm a mental health social worker I'm currently working at the at VAC the Victorian formerly the Victorian AIDS Council which I really love um but I'm in the process of transitioning to work in the new IHEAL program at Drummond Street which is really exciting so mm-hmm. I've been working in AOD and a bit of project work with a particular interest in trans and gender diverse health and now I'll be working um, in more in the family violence and project and training capacity building space, which is great because I, I love variety. Of very that's something that's probably definitely a big part of the Ray Alfonso story is a very low boredom threshold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think um, I like the reason that I have had such a a break, you know, for a couple of years from community organising and why I'm so excited to get back to it as well is because my work is so vocational. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think
1: when you go through a few cycles of burnout and you have this this work that feeds you in some of the same ways, it's really easy to just get a little bit distracted. (laughs) Um, So I'm really, yeah, excited to get back in the ring, but also, you know, bringing that parallel process with me of what I learned from my work to this project as well
0: yeah so you know um yeah it's um that's what you do but Mm. there's a whole heap of things to you we touched earlier that you're a parent um but um what other parts of well ray alfonso have you had to learn or say unlearn about i suppose to use our earlier analogy
1: (laughs) um Oh, gosh, such a big question. Yeah, so I am, I am a parent. I have a 14 and a 15-year-old, or we have each other, as it were. The mm-hmm. <laughs> um, blended family, variously queer and such, that's gone through a number of different constellations. I think that probably speaks to, or the answer will speak to, the question that your listener yeah. wrote in before. Shall we jump into that?
0: Yeah, let's link the two. So I'll just refresh um, on that question. Um, you know, So the, que- the question was, and I always say, quote, ask your guest what she thinks of the whole marriage equality campaign and how effective it has been thus far from a social justice perspective, end quote.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a big question as well. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I know a lot of people who've worked really hard in the equal marriage campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think that there has been some really amazing work done in that space. And I fully support and value how important that is Mm -hmm. to people in our community. Um, As someone who, you know, has has been a a queer polyparent in different kinds of permutations of family and partners and kids and so on, I never really felt like that campaign applied to me. I felt a bit even alienated at times just by Mm -hmm. virtue of that not necessarily applying to my life. I guess I had other what felt like more pressing concerns. And I have, you know, it's tricky on the one hand, you support something and you can see how it's necessary and how it's valuable and how it's really meaningful to other people in your community. But I, I do worry sometimes that it does obscure the people and issues who are inherently left out of that discourse.
0: Yeah, you've got a fair point. You know, people who don't want to get married or even have, the I don't know, whether do we call it domestic partnership. Mm. But, you know, look, there is this sense of frustration around parts of the rainbow that the campaign's been very assimilationist and, mm. you know, we'll say rainbow picket fence, not just a white one, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, the whole same, same, but, you know, same, same, but yeah, different. Yeah, or as
0: I always call it hey, um, heterosexuals, us gays and lesbians are just like you, except we're homosexual, don't tell anyone. (laughs) And, you know, trans and bi people, which I can obviously speak for, but also I think intersex have been left out, Mm. you know, and and acknowledging my own privilege, I mean, you know, Indigenous people, people of colour have been left out and then the thing that, look what happens um, is the ACL and others in there Ruthlessness because they have a sort of, well, we'll call it an evil intuition, they'll <laughs> exploit any vulnerability. So, what it did they do? A few years ago, they put an ad saying, Aboriginals don't support marriage equality. You mm. might not remember that one. I, probably everyone wants to forget it. Probably blocked it from my memory. Yes. <laughs> that one out of your body. But, um, yeah, you know, look, some of the flies going around now in Chinese, you know, multicultural people don't support marriage equality, which, of course, isn't true. And mm. trans people copying a fair brunt of things. There is a sense of frustration on a few fronts. And um, this is why your thrive is so timely. And you mentioned lateral hostility and lateral mm. violence. How do we get past this and issues of privilege and hierarchy generally and within the rainbow? Yeah. Um, and, and not
1: polarize each other for our different needs, yes. but try and use whatever privilege or influence we have to make space always for more inclusion and more nuanced voices. And who is not sitting at the table? Who needs to be? Oh,
0: bless you for that last phrase. I first heard it from a fabulous Canberra trans man, Peter Hindle. And you know who who's not in the room. And if it can be hard if you've if, if you've had a, and I don't want to I want to say this as neutral as I can. Mm. If you've had a middle class professional experience. To think about people such as those working in the sex industry or intersex might be beyond your experience and it can be hard to remember at times but, you know, that's how we get them at the table. And I want want to be fair as well, there's a great event coming up in January, two days before Midsummer called Better Together, that the Equality Mm. Project, sort of formally the Equality Party are organising, which focuses more on the rainbow rather than sort of, self-care techniques but i think there will be some of them there so it's yeah as we say there's you know there's all this stuff happening together and you know holly hammond and susie from plan to thrive are involved in your in thrive with you um and i we've been talking off air about some ideas is this the time you know know, growth starts at the grassroots it's happening so it is very exciting to see all this but um you know, you identify as a polyqueer person. I mean, can I ask roughly at what age you began to get awareness of that and how you came to a point of feeling good about that? Or did you need to get to where you just, yeah, it's all cool? Or did you have to go through a bit of a psychological swamp swampland, so to speak?
1: Um, I think I was in, in the common parlance, a bit of a late bloomer. Like I was very much in my head and very much in my imagination and books and head in the clouds as a young person. So I didn't even really wake up to having a body and let alone it having particular needs or wants or desires for a long time, I think, until I was maybe 17, really. Okay. I was quite oblivious. Luckily, I have a really supportive, immediate family. So that's, you know, an incredible privilege. It's a big, it's
0: a big thing, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm, you know, out to my family. I always have been um, as as queer as well as Polly, and have always had their unequivocal support, at least my mum in my brothers Um, so that made a huge difference we did grow up largely in regional new south wales so we had to kind of negotiate that as well Mm, yeah (laughs) but i think and again with that you know kicking back to what we're talking about earlier with the place of anger in in activism and social justice and, and personal growth and my relationship to that at that time being in small towns and, you know, being young and, and feeling quite alienated from the dominant culture, I went into that anger as a very valuable and necessary coping mechanism and sort of went, well, I'm going my own way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: largely fueled by, yeah. by, by anger. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for now. But as I said, that flame eventually burnt me out and I had to reassess. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Re, re, re-stump a
2: bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah interesting. Interesting thing, you know, that people – I mean, I'm mm. not sure – I don't think I'm putting any new psychological theories in here, but what is it people do both – you know, either go extremely angry slash aggressive or passive, withdrawn, isolated. Mm. Um, obviously, there can be bits of both, but, you yeah. know, it's, it does seem like got people – the words of a Billy Joel song, I go to extremes, that's, it's either one of those two extremes and you went down the anger path.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, people do go to extremes, but that's because the world that we live in and the way that we live is extreme and it begets an extreme response. I think uh-huh. that um, cool. when I was when I was reading and researching around Thrive and particularly getting into philosophies like deep ecology, I came across the etymology of the word apathy, and mm-hmm. it is without suffering. And that really struck me. I was like, oh, people, people are apathetic not because they don't care but because they really care but they have no recourse or capacity to deal with what being a person in the world who cares deeply means. Mm,
0: good call.
1: And what, what, what comes with that and how challenging and painful that can be. So much easier in some ways to default to reflexive self-defensive apathy or clarifying anger or withdraw and self-isolate rather than be this open, you know, bleeding heart for the world.
0: <laughs> no, totally, 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 totally fair call. That That's a huge light bulb that, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, that definition of apathy, that's yeah. a very, very... Light, well, yeah, um, light bulbish, if I can. Yeah, it was like that for me too.
1: Yeah.
0: Golly McSnollys. So yeah, and um, so yeah, you. um, um, Yeah, I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm I'm processing on air. People of um, listeners of all genders, because (laughs) that's been quite huge. Apathy, being you know, yeah. Yes. What was the what were the two words again? self? Um, sorry. Self
1: self defence.
0: Self defence. Yeah. yeah, and that sort of thing. That um, you know, it is it is about that in a way. Yeah, and so yeah, people go either way. You you know, you took an extreme. I did. You leave regional New South yeah. Wales. Yeah. 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 And blazed we, a trail. Where did you? Where did you head?
1: Um, I hopped around a little bit. I initially went to Armidale to go to uni yeah, and then Sydney and then Wagga. I sort of would dip in and out of the city, but because I'd been raised a bush baby, it was a little mm. bit much to kind of do that in any sustainable way until I got a bit older and had a bit more of a community behind me. And then in the end, it was the work that drew me to the city, Becoming yeah. having finished my study and being really drawn to... I guess community arts and education and social justice work. I weren't where the concentration of that was. And at that Japanese, time, in, yeah. in my awareness, that was, yeah, that was here, that was Melbourne.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesomeness. So yeah. you ended up here. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, um, where we are now. Um, we're just going to do a quick message um, and then better have to wrap up. Um, so, yeah, um, just hang on there. And um, yeah, thanks for your question. Melina, um, I hope uh, we
1: gave you a satisfying answer. I think, I think it was a bit I think, rambly.
0: <laughs> I think we got the gist of it in the end. But cool. you know, it's interesting at the moment. Um, you know, I was thinking before as you were talking that we're sort of in this unity by coercion at the moment, whether you call it a natural disaster yes. or a war zone. Yeah. And we're going to have to manage a transition once we get married, and we will, yeah. to unity by something that, well, is more functional. So, again, Absolutely. your your comments about how we get, get to a more functional driving force rather than anger or hierarchy or something, we'll have to – that's something there's a rainbow com- communities, plural, we've got to work through Yeah, and hopefully thrive and better together that's coming up, we'll do that. So – um, we can see. Anyway, let's have a quick message and we direct return directly. three CR eight five five AM digital three CR.org.au out of the pan with Sally and Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or Email info at buy Absolutely. As we come out of Celebrate Buy Day, I've got to just very quickly um, before we um, talk about things that are coming up and wrap up with Ray. Um, yeah best by day ever really it was um, thanks to In Your Face and I'll be podcasting an interview that myself and Mellum and Chris did on In Your Face on Friday afternoon as well thanks to James for letting us do that Um, Joy did an interview on Thursday night on on The Informer you can check out joy.org.au waiting on one from The Citizen an online paper Um, so there's been huge interest and also thanks to um, Rainbow Eagles up in Bendigo had a great time up there yesterday and um, there were three speakers, myself, Linda Kirkman, who's a psychologist and does research into sexuality and ageing, and Ray's giving a big smile, and also Robin Pearson, who um, really, who and I have his, all the things recorded, and Robin's speech, you, you know, I think will tap into what you said, and I reckon a lot of 3CR listeners are going to like it, so I'll probably play that in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it was a really good event, but great to see so much visibility, and there has been lots of tweeting around the world, <laughs> which is really good, and we can... Or have a big celebration of it at the usual by discussion group at the Great Northern um this coming Tuesday. Um be there about seven for seven thirty in the Velvet Dog Dining Room. <laughs> we love it there. Um other things that are coming up very quickly. Um the shed is on this afternoon down at um Drummond Street for trans men, formerly FTM shed. Hey to the guys down there, Polyvic Social tonight um at the terminus, um as mentioned by discussion group this Tuesday. And, of course, the other thing that happened um, with Bi was we had the release during the week of the um, Bi Bi people doing their, this is our community videos, including yours truly being um, somewhat um, intersectional in in her way. Uh, (laughs) Check those out on Bent TV's YouTube channel. They've turned out really, really well. We're so happy with them. And there's just been lots of Bi connection around the world through Twitter. And I got a message just after I got home last night from everything live photos from the bio, vis, vis, visibility be however we want to say that in live from paris um oh, a big wow. huge by march so very very awesome lots of things happening so it's great to see um, it's, it really was a great day so great to see that happening um anyway we've got just a couple of comments to wrap up and then I'd better do a track and get us out of here <laughs> um last thoughts um you know sort of for yourself um you know do you have you? I mean, it's always hard to summarise a life of it, however many years into a few sentences. But um, if you've got a few key things that have stuck with stuck with you, Lee, let's um, take it out with us.
1: I just, I guess, I'll, what is floating in my mind is just wanting to reiterate that quote from the comic I read in Kate Bornstein's Gender Outlaws is that I've always been in the process of becoming exactly who I am right this second, and I yeah. love that it's true of all of us in every second it becomes true again. And I think if we can recognise and embrace that vulnerable process of always learning, always becoming, not being perfect, never being finished, either as individuals, as movements, as collectives, and come to each other in that raw vulnerability Mm -hmm. and from a space of compassion, perhaps we can find a way to become more resilient as individuals and communities who essentially you know if they're not headed in precisely the same direction in the same way can at least flow together
0: yep um you know we can sort of well one way to put it might be we can sort of agree to disagree a bit more easily because we don't do it too well sometimes yeah and in, in one sense if you've been faced i'll use the term negativity and you're damaged that's sort of understandable but We've got to find space where we can sort of do it better and communication is a part of that as well for sure.
1: And not undersell our own resilience. I think when we silo ourselves and proceed as though we were actually not capable of embracing and dealing with difference, we undersell the fact that we're actually really resilient and really tough.
0: Which we are, particularly as we are in the queer community and right now. Um, Melina, thanks for all your comments today. And yes, it is true that some of the marriage debate is about status privilege and being accepted by the conservative establishment. Um didn't get to your other story today. I'll um pop pop into that one soon. Um take it out today again, sort of by popular demand, the soundtrack of the um Yana and Alana uh, Yana Alana and the Piranhas track, which is on Vimeo. Um, and it's her version of Peaches I usually Together. We had a great response to that last week, so let's get a bit of it again while we change it, um, end the program and change over to Freedom of Species. Ray, thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks, Sally.
0: Absolute pleasure, and um, 3CR listeners, thanks for tuning in, and I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week.